All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This episode is for my world history classes. I seem to have forgotten to publish the one for uh, Monday's assignment yesterday. So we're just going to push through, kind of forget that that happened, and we're going to move on to the next thing. So we talked about industrialization uh, earlier. Now we have to look at what that does to the people. We saw that the Industrial Revolution is going to bring riches to its entrepreneurs, but what about the employers and the farmers and everything like that? So the Industrial Revolution is going to bring in something called urbanization, which is basically this process of people moving within cities because it's closer to where you used to live. So in Britain and England, there's a city called Manchester, and they went from 17,000 people in the 1750s to an increase of 40,000 people by 1780. And then within another 20 years, another 70,000 are moved in there. So it's a big, rich movement as to everything as they're moving into England. What this does is this is going to create different social classes throughout. So you're going to have a real middle class. And the life of the middle class is a little bit better than the life of the working class and the life of a little bit worse than the life of the upper class. This is going to be people who invent things, bankers, teachers, skilled laborers, some people who are in the working class move up to the middle class as they work on their career, but it's not as much. At, you know, with this with this work and this new technology, they are able to go from poor to rich really quickly. But really, the middle class was where you wanted to be. You wanted to end up there. They were a nice neighborhood. They had paved streets, good water, all these things going on in there. But the the other group that's coming in, and this is mostly your day laborers, your factory workers. This is the working class, and the working class. And went from being peasants, essentially, to working in tiny rooms and tenements. They were not treated uh, very well. And as they're not treated very well, and they look at how poorly their houses are used, uh, they're going to start protesting to get more rights and not just rights necessarily, get better economic freedom. There is actually going, uh, as they move forward, they look at some of these harsh conditions that are out there and harsh conditions within the factories and wines. And there's just a ton of hazards within the factory system. Machines were uh, a little bit unreliable. Uh, you had children working there. You were working 12 to 16 hour days for sometimes six or seven days a week. Uh, you got to eat a little not great meal basically uh, you were basically pushed out you listened and you know you just kept working and as you are just working constantly you had a lot of just you know if you were tired you made a mistake boom there goes your arm it was as simple as that it seems like it's you know an exaggeration but it wasn't this is heavy machinery without the stop gaps that we have today that prevent something like that from happening mines were even more dangerous uh, coal mines were you know you took a canary with you down in the coal mine because when the canary died that meant you had two minutes to get out before your oxygen was up as well because you were going to suffocate and what this really fell down to was that the children are going to be the ones doing a lot of these really risky work. They were small enough to get their arms into certain holes so that they could, you know, fix part of a machine. Or they were small enough so that they could do little things all throughout to make sure that the older adult didn't get hurt. 
these laws are, there's going to be laws that are passed that kind of prevent some of the children working. Uh, they're going to limit children hours to 10 hours a day, but that takes a long time for a lot of those things to really fully uh, filter in. So it sounds like the industrial revolution was bad for everybody, but in reality, it was actually a great time for the majority of people. There are some very serious benefits of that. One is that most people were working, which gave you a better standard of living. And the more standard of living you have, the more you can spend money on, and the better your life was just a little bit. It also is going to create this idea for need for entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurs are going to come up with new ideas that people are going to want so that they could truly go ahead and, you know, find a better a better place to put a product out there, find a better way to make it, make a better shoe, make a better pant, make better technology, basically, to make our life easier. It's a big growth period. Now, the growth back then happens a lot slower than it did today because that's that growth is the basis of where we're at in a techno technological revolution today. Uh, the impact socially and politically is that we're going to uh, create what is something that's called social mobility. And basically, you have the opportunity to, if you were born rich or poor, you can become rich. And if you were born rich, you can become poor. It's this, you can change where you were at throughout, which is something that we still have going on uh, around today. This leads to different economic systems. And the different economic systems that are going to emerge throughout. Uh, the first one that comes is from a guy named Adam Smith and laissez-faire economics. He wrote a book called Wealth of Nations. And in that book, he basically said, listen, the economy naturally works itself out. If you don't regulate exchange, the economy will make itself work. We should get and keep our government as far away from this as, as possible. And with that, you know, don't pass laws that have anything to do with business. Let business be business. Uh, a guy follows that up named Thomas Malthus, and he has this idea about population growth. And he basically writes, the power of population is greater than the power of the earth to produce substance for man. Uh, the only checks were natural methods of checking people. So basically, when there's war, when there's disease, when there's famine, when there's all these things that are going on, that is a check by nature to put us back into, into where we need to be, all right? He believed that the working in harsh weather conditions, or not weather conditions, but the harsh conditions in there proved his thing. And although there was a population boom, so did the food supply. So everything was naturalizing itself up. And then there was another man who stepped up named Ricardo who went along with all these things and he basically come, came up with what is known as the iron law of wages in which he notes that when wages were high families had more children but more children increased the supply of labor which also led to lower wages and higher unemployment because of his predictions he thought that this is known as a dismal science it's basically the more money you have the more kids you have but then that hurts how much money you have there is another group of thought that comes in there and it's called a, a you utilitarian and what they believe is a limited government so jeremy bentham is going to come out and say listen the government needs to step in in some places to help the lives of especially the working class who is really struggling out there this leads to an idea of socialism and socialism is that people as a uh, 
that we need to worry about people as a whole instead of private individuals who own the means of production. We need to worry about all of this. And this leads to something called a utopian socialism, which is this idea that basically if we have a society in which everybody owns a piece of everything, everybody's going to work harder and it's going to be a great utopia, as they call it, and a great place to live. That uh, system is a hard one to uh, truly describe. But what it leads to ultimately is this idea of communism. And communism today is considered a very, very, you know, bad word essentially. But what communism is, is communism is a system, it's a classless society where people work all together to make the best for the rest of the community. There are a lot of problems with this. With this, We'll bounce around with this idea as we go, but this is kind of the foundations of this communism belief that we need to uh, have this idea that no classes and communism working together are going to bring this, you know, no wages, everybody looks out for everybody in the community. It's a good idea in theory, but in practice, greed and things like that get in the way. Today, we are down to about four, maybe five, based on how you look at some countries that are left that are communist. When at one point in the world, we had 50, 60, about half the world was close to that communist uh, regime. But it is a dirty word in America, but in reality, it was an idealistic thought process that wasn't as realistic as people thought. Again, communism is something we will get into more on another day, but that is all I have for you today. Please check back in Friday, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. That's a good way to get extra credit from me. Uh, let's look at what the social impact of industrial uh, industrialism was. Next time, we're going to be looking at the second industrial revolution and how science and technology are really going to change everything. Have a great wonderful rest of your day. I will talk to everybody soon.